This is the Lead to Lead podcast, where we explore the realm of leadership through the lens of faith. Here's your host, Leah Haygood. Hey guys, welcome to the Lead to Lead podcast. My name is Leah and I am your host. If this is your first time tuning into my little podcast, welcome. We're glad that you're here. For everybody else, thanks for tuning back in. And for all of you that have been listening to me, you may have thought, oh, I've, she's dropped off the face of the planet. And uh, no, not really, but I did take a little hiatus since the last episode I put out, which was my testimony that I gave live uh, this past summer. And over the past few months, I've been kind of hemming and hawing about what kind of episodes I want to do next. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know what, I need to have like a clear vision of what this podcast is about. And you may have heard my lovely husband in the little voiceover in the beginning that says, Welcome to Lead the Lead Podcast, where we explore the realm of leadership through the lens of faith. And I, I liked that phrase when we first started uh, leading in the episodes with that. And I thought, you know what, I, I think this podcast is supposed to be something more than just about looking at aspects of leadership just from a Christian worldview, but really explain what the Christian worldview is in addition to leadership. So this episode is going to be all about what is the vision of Lead to Lead. And the more I thought about it over the past year or so, I've really dove deep uh, more so into scripture and trying to memorize scripture and understand it and understand in the context of the whole canon of the Bible. And those are big fancy words. I'm not trying to sound like a know-it-all. I've just learned so much and I want to share. And uh, the Lord has been really good to uh, just fuel a desire in me to study his work. There's a lot of times I've, I've been in church my whole life, got saved at the age of seven, and I've always struggled with reading the Bible. I think it's a little bit of ADD, uh, lose focus, kind of like if you ever try to pray at night in your bed and you end up praying and then you fall asleep. It's one of those kind of moments of why do I not want to study the Bible or why do I just kind of drift away from that? And I've been praying, Lord, help me with this. And it's affected me so much in my faith and allowed me to grow. And it's also affected just what I've I've thought of as far as this podcast is supposed to be and will be. So a lot of this stuff is is laying groundwork for expectations of why I talk about things the way that I talk about them. And a lot of them are foundational in the, the Christian faith. And so if you are a Christian, have been a mature believer for a while, hopefully this stuff will not be new to you, but it will be just a reminder. For those of you who are new to the faith, maybe this will kind of help cement some of the ideas that you've been wrestling with of reading scripture. And if you are not a believer, if you don't believe in Jesus, then this may be brand new. And thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time to do this. And um, I hope that you learned something, and I hope that the Lord works through me to be able to stir something in you. So here we go. It's a couple of, uh, it's a total of three statements that I want to build on that are going to frame the vision of where I believe Lead to Lead is supposed to go. So first statement is, as believers of Jesus, we should always be led by God and his word. So that sounds pretty elementary, like, okay, yeah, you know, if we're a believing in God and who Jesus was and is and what's going to happen. You know, we should be led by God and his word. And some of the main scriptures that that come to mind 
that support this are Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. If you've been in the church for any period of time, you probably know these verses. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths or he'll make your path straight. And I have, if you grew up, grew up in the South, there's a thing called Bible drill. Um, let me know in a review <laughs> if you happen to know what Bible drill is or if you were part of it. I was from fourth grade to sixth grade, and this was one of the verses that we had to memorize. So there's a lot of verses that I have in my arsenal, but sometimes if you memorize them, they just become knowledge and we want it to become wisdom, which is knowledge applied. So how do we apply trust in the Lord with all your heart? That means you, you trust every aspect of your life. And the second part of that, uh, verse five is lean not on your own understanding, meaning that you don't know everything and that God does in all your ways, acknowledge him. So in, in everything that you do, we have to acknowledge who God is and, and submit to him. And then he will make the path straight. Sometimes we take our own path and we ask God to bless it when it's a reverse order. We need to seek him and, and ask him for guidance and then he'll take us on the path. There's another well-known passage that talks about being led by the Lord, and it's Psalm 23, which is commonly known as like the Good Shepherd Psalm. And it's written by David, and it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need, or I shall not want, some versions say. My version says, He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there's a few more verses that talk about just the blessing that God gives us. Um, but he's He's a good shepherd, meaning that he, he leads us, He keeps us safe, He protects us from, from wolves or from danger, all those sorts of things. So it's important that not only are we led by God and His Word, His Word meaning the Bible, that's what we have, that's our tool to be able to fight against the devil and to strengthen our faith and to know who God is. Not only that, but he protects us and he he leads us beside still waters when typically we're wanting to go to the Grand Rapids and like the excitement, but that's typically <laughs> foolish and dangerous, right? So um, Psalm 23 is a great psalm to reflect on about who God is and his nature. And why is it important that we didn't need to know that we need to be led by God in his word? And it's important to realize who God is compared to who we are. God is the creator and we are a creation. You know, you look at Genesis 1, talks about, and 2, it talks about the creation account. Uh, the beginning of the gospel of John breaks down uh, who who Jesus was. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, I've been going through a little bit of Colossians, and in chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, it does a great job of explaining who Jesus is from the very beginning of the world as we know it. And it's important that he, God has always been, and he always will be. He is infinite. We are finite, meaning we have, we have an expiration date on us. Uh, God is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. That means that he knows all, that he is everywhere, and he's all powerful. And to say that we know better than God himself is foolish. Proverbs 1, 7 says that, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. 
So what does that say? That the way you earn wisdom is by realizing who God is and in reverence of who he is compared to who we are. We have limited knowledge. He has everything. So that leads us into the next statement. As believers led by God and his word, we now have the responsibility to lead others to God as his ambassadors. I recently heard a talk that was given by Paul David Tripp, who is a Christian teacher and uh, uh, an author and I believe a theologian. It was at one of the Gospel Coalition conferences talking about parenting and how as Believing profession Christians, parents are the first representation of God to their children, meaning that parents are the first experience of God's ambassadors to children. And as a parent, that convicted me. I have three kids, and I'm supposed to be the first example of God that they see in their life because I'm supposed to teach them. And that's a lot of pressure and a lot of weight put into that because uh, I don't think that parents, we sometimes just get distracted with the day-to-day stuff, pack the lunch, potty train, diapers, uh, you got to get to school on time, find your shoes, wear your clothes, do you have unclean underwear? Like We get so caught up in the mundane, the everyday things that we don't realize that our actions and our attitudes are being observed and they are mentally written down in our kids' minds. And that's a huge perspective shift for me that if I'm if I'm supposed to be God's ambassador to my kids, then I better know his word and I better be applying it. But not only are parents supposed to be ambassadors to children, but believing Christians are supposed to be ambassadors to both non-believers and other believers. And the way that we know that is we're supposed to be able to lead non-believers to salvation through the gospel. We can't save them, but we can lead them to it. I mean, you look at John 3.16, the most quoted version verse of the Bible, right? You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, um, verses 14 through 19, talks about how we have been made a new creation in Christ, and the old is gone, the new has come. Ephesians 2, the first 10 verses of that chapter talk about how we were dead in our sins, but God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive. So literally, we've gone from death to life because of God, who is rich in mercy, through his son, Jesus Christ. Not only that, we're supposed to lead new believers in discipleship. And my husband and I talk about this all the time. My husband is currently going through seminary, going through his uh, Master's of Divinity. And the one thing that he has talked about more than anything is we have to do a better job of discipling new believers. Like we're really good. I think the American church is really good about getting people into the door And I would say getting them saved or at least presenting the gospel, but between them getting saved and them going to heaven, that's the biggest portion of their life is the sanctification process. Sanctification basically means that as you are walking in your faith, God is sanctifying your soul. He is sanctifying you because at first you were dead, you were living according to the flesh, you were 
uh, living according to your own desires, your own understanding. And the sanctification means you go from doing what you want to do to what God wants you to do. So it's that whole process. And that's the biggest part of our lives. Typically, if someone gets saved at a young age and they live a long life, we're talking decades of discipleship. And I think something where the American church has has dropped the ball on is okay you're saved now now go go you have your bible and that's all you need by the way serve and tithe to the church and you'll be good when it's not <laughs> that's that's lacking and that person is going to feel like deserted because they're like, okay, well I'm saved now, but what do I do? Now it's struggle bus till we die. And we don't want, it's not, that's not how it should be. And that's not what we're told to do as Christians. I mean, you look at when Jesus is ascending into heaven after he's, you know, he died on the cross, he rose again three days later, he spent some time on earth and then he's going into the clouds. And what does he say? It's the great commission. It's Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. From there, you can jump to the book of Acts, which is all about the history of the early church and what happened and the day of Pentecost and all that. And you look at what the church did. I mean, you, you hear about Peter when he's given his, his sermon at the day of Pentecost and, and some crazy, amazing things happened. But the people that believed and followed, what did they do? They gathered together and they committed themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to meeting each other's needs and they would sing hymns and songs. So discipleship is more than just obviously just getting together, but it's devoting yourself to prayer and to know who God is. I think too often times we focus so much on God, give me this, God, give me this, instead of saying like, God, I want to know you because in knowing God comes wisdom and knowledge and and being able to discern this life and to make decisions that that are God honoring and glorifying because ultimately it's for his glory we were created to give him glory so it's a proper uh, relationship to know that we're not believers just so we can have our get out of get out of hell free card it's more of God wants us to be in relationship with him. Think of like if you're married or if you're dating somebody, you're not just dating that person just to get something from them. If you are, then you need to evaluate (laughs) your heart and that relationship. And if it's actually something beneficial or God honoring, or if it's the person that you're supposed to be with. But you're with that person because you love that person. You love spending time with them. Think of that in respect to God, who's the creator of the universe. I mean, that that's a whole other kind of level relationship. and it, But it's different because you can't physically see God. However, one of my favorite psalms is Psalm 19, and all of it talks about how Creation is screaming out, is crying out um, the glory of God, and yet you hear no sound. And I recently heard another talk that was given by Jen Wilkin, who she's on staff at the Village Church with Matt Chandler, and she's a phenomenal Bible teacher, phenomenal. 
And uh, she was talking about how too often we we lose the awe factor of God, like reading his word. And she gave the example of she finally got to go to the Grand Canyon. And she said, I didn't go up there and, and look out at the Grand Canyon and say, wow, I am so awesome. No, you, when you look at something so vast, so incredible that your mind can't comprehend it, like the Grand Canyon or one of the other seven wonders of the world, you realize how small and insignificant you are against something so big. Even non-believers like, will recognize the universe as something huge and being insignificant. But the hope that we have because we're believers in Jesus Christ of who he, who he was, who he is, what he did for us, we have the hope that we can have relationship with the creator of all things. The third and final statement that, that we can look at now is, as believers who are led by God in his word, who are leading others to God, we now have the ability to impact our community for his glory. Now, how does that fit into the vision of the Led to Lead podcast? We want to, we meaning me and my husband, uh, he kind of helps me decipher some of the things that we want to talk about, but we can equip believers with the truth, resources, and tools to grow, help others grow in their faith. And some practical ways are recommending different books or digital resources of credible biblical people of God who um, are sound. And that way we don't send you on a, on a wild goose chase of like, ah, is that, is that really true? No, we, it's, it's people that, that I trust that have impacted me that I know are sound. So we don't want to lead you astray. Also, um, I want to incorporate more interviews. You've, I've done several interviews over the past two years that I've been doing this podcast. But um, I want to do more interviews with local godly men and women who are hungry for truth and are impacting their communities. So whether that's a fellow uh, pastor or a ministry leader or a business owner or somebody that is a a lay person, meaning that they aren't paid for the ministry that they do, um, sometimes it's just strong, God-fearing people that their stories impact people the most because they're normal, ordinary people. And I think sometimes having these like big wigs, like, oh, I need to have this person on the podcast just because of their influence. Like, yeah, that's cool and everything, but there's something about hearing the story of somebody in your local community that is either making a difference or you can see the Lord using them in a special way that it's too special to not want to to hear that story or to document it in some way. So that's my personal conviction that I want to have more people on the mic who have grown personally and are just affecting the people in their sphere. And who is this for? It's for everyone. I have had the ability to walk through a few different stages of life myself. I've gone from student athlete. I'll go back as early as like high school, going into college, student athlete, um, newlywed, uh, someone who got married at 19. That's a whole new, I'm, I'm a rare bird here, <laughs> but, um, talking about newlyweds and marriage. Um, I've been a parent. I still, obviously I still am a parent, but, um, I've been a working mom. I've been, I'm now a stay at home mom. 
I've been in the workplace. I've been able to lead others in the the workplace. I've talked a lot about my experience with Chick-fil-A and then also worship leading. So I want to have many different topics and I'll list just a few of those here. Uh, I want to talk about what does it look like to lead in the home? Um, There's a lot of debate about what leading in the home looks like. And there are a lot of things that I personally have had to wrestle through of how do I need to take care of my home? What does the Bible say about me and my role in the home and my husband's role? And what does that look like? Stay-at-home moms, parenting, day-to-day, the mundane kind of stuff, marriage. What does that dynamic look like in the realm of a biblical worldview? Uh, Next topic, hopefully, uh, leading in the workplace. So having character in the workplace. Uh, Talking about when the public sector challenges your faith. If you are not uh, in a workplace that is biblically based or or supports Christianity, if it's a, a secular place, how do you share your faith? How do you show that you are a Christian in those places? As well as Talking about the difference between diligence and workaholism, I think that there, especially in America, there is a big time shift of ambition and drive and grind and and do all these things. And that feeds into workaholism where you're living to work, not working to live. And so I want to talk about that dynamic Another one would be leading in the church. So whether you are staff, whether you are an intern, a pastor, um, worship leader, whatever, administrator, whatever you do, you know, talking about the ins and outs of ministry, how to minister to difficult people, how to minister to those who seem unreachable or just stubborn. Um, And another big topic that I, I personally would love to find out more about would be um, we have a problem with biblical illiteracy. I've mentioned some some verses that have been quoted and misquoted and taken out of context, like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Jeremiah 29, 11 is another one where um, people know the verse, but they don't understand what it actually means, or they couldn't tell you where to find it, or there's just a, there's a barrier between people knowing about the Bible and actually knowing what it says. And then another topic that I'd love to talk more about is leading with discipline. Um, You can go listen back to one of my episodes. It was a two-part series with my friend Megan. We talked all about different kinds of like physical discipline and and mental discipline and what that looks like. Uh, But also talk about the struggle of like daily Bible study and being diligent in that way. Uh, physical mental discipline. And then also we've talked about CR before. That's episode three. If you want to hear more about CR, you can look at episode three or the last episode with my testimony. And you can kind of get a screenshot of what CR has helped me with as far as disciplining my personal issues. So ultimately, I I wanted to expound on maybe some different phrases and different, I don't want to call it a mantra, but things to consider as I move forward with this podcast. So obviously we're still going to hang on to the phrase, we explore the realm of leadership through the lens of faith, because that's, that's what this was started on. And I still think it's important that we need to know what does leadership look like from a Christian faith perspective, but then also to realize all of these statements that I've talked about before, that we are led by God as his ambassadors to lead others to God. And the result of that is disciple making leaders. We need to be really good at making disciple-making leaders because that's the multiplication factor. That is how we will grow. 
We don't grow by addition. We grow by multiplication. And that model keeps God and Jesus Christ at the core of this podcast and not myself, not my ability to bring on a smooth talker or somebody who's really influential, but more or less saying, this is who Jesus is. This is who God is. This is who he calls us to be as leaders. Let's talk about it. So let's pray, study truth, and make a difference in our lives, our families, and our communities. Then the last phrase, uh, we equip the saints for every good work in any location. We equip the saints for every good work in any location. Not all of us will have the same walk of life. We will have some who are stay-at-home moms. We will have workers. We will have people that um, are married but don't have kids single people that will all be affecting the kingdom in a unique way because God is not only the creator, he is a creative creator. So as we go throughout the next few months of of figuring out what we're going to talk about on the podcast, I have some things up my sleeve, but I want, I wanted to talk about this first because this is going to be foundational moving forward. And Uh, If you've been listening to this podcast, I want to say thank you for doing that. And I hope that you stick around. We'd love to have you. And um, if it's your first time listening to this, welcome. And I hope that you're impacted by this. I hope you're challenged in your faith. If you don't know or care about who Jesus is, thanks for listening (laughs) anyway. Um, And I hope that you'll be curious enough to check it out. I want to encourage you as we close out this podcast to Google Psalm 23. If you have a Bible, go read it. Psalm 23. It's a short one and it's a good one. And it's important to know who God is before you start telling people about who God is. And that's a reminder for me that I need to know him first because if I don't know him first, then I all I have is head knowledge. I don't have any kind of wisdom. It's just lip service. So that's your challenge. If you are a mature believer, go ahead and read Psalm 23 as well. Um, as a reminder to you of who the good shepherd is and who the sheep is, the stupid sheep, that's us. But we have a good shepherd who protects us, that he leads us by still waters, he takes care of us, and he keeps us safe from harm. Until next time, guys, I love you. Be on the lookout for more episodes coming up. We'll see you later.